Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds. Joining me today is Punts. Hi guys. And making his long-awaited return from a pretty disappointing layoff, SM. Long-awaited. I know this is what the fans wanted, so I'm back by popular demand. Which fans are demanding for you to come back? Well, you just said it's a long-awaited return. Everyone's been clamoring to hear me give my thoughts on the Swans. Look, we'll get straight into it. We've watched a pretty interesting game this weekend. We're versing a very, very patchy North Melbourne side for a place in the grand final. Now, North Melbourne, as we watched coming off a one-goal winner over Geelong, play matches of football within quarters. Punts, take your thoughts. Yeah, um, they're an interesting side, North. I watched the game on Friday night, and they were... um you know, pretty much in control of that game from well, pretty much almost the first bounce. So it's, um, Goldstein got on top of Lipsarb and it all started. It all started from there. And you know, Lindsay Thomas got a couple of easy goals on Kelly, and Kelly looked absolutely done to me. So um, yeah, they got a good start going, and then they pretty much kept the 20, you know four or five goal lead over the course of the game, and they had a bit of a lapse at a couple of the end of the quarters, maybe the second and the uh, fourth quarter where the Cats really come back and Tomahawk got a hold of um, both Grimer and Thompson and um, they just couldn't hold him and um, he nearly he nearly won it off his own boot. Um, but, you know, uh, cat, the Cats are, you know, a really good side and um, they've shown over the years why all their finals experience, blah, blah, blah. But um, I don't think North should have really let him back in that game. They had it, you know, they didn't look like they were... Um, you know, pushed it all, but they uh, they did let him back, and they nearly they nearly threw it away. So it's interesting to see if we can get if they do have lapses at the end of quarters or, or whenever over the course of the game, if we can get on um, on top of them, and hopefully we can um, isolate their defenders one on one. I know earlier in the year uh, we didn't have um, Tippett, Reed, or Goods, and Buddy was the sole focus, and Thompson got a hold of him that day which it was absolutely pissing down rain. But, um, yeah, if we can isolate Tippett with either Grimer or Thompson, um, I think uh, we can get a hold of him in the back line. And, you know, as long as we – if Lockie if Lockie Hansen does come in, um, we don't, um, you know, bomb it long and uh, him intercept Mark and like Ibbotson were last weekend. If we can isolate our forwards, I think we can uh, – it'll go a long way to winning the game and um, – yeah, as you said, they're a little bit, little bit patchy north, but um, they are a side that you know could come out and give us a real, real shake up. They did beat us by forty odd points down at the SCG earlier in the year, so I know it was over twenty weeks ago now. So you just don't know what you're going to get with North. You could go out and win by fifty, you could go out and win by five, or they could knock you over. So um, for me, a um, little bit of a danger game. <laughs> now. Listening to Brad Scott, just um, doing his usual press conferences and everything, he's actually said, you brought up an interesting point in regards to trying to isolate um, Kurt Tippett, that Joel Selwood, or not Joel, Joel Tippett may actually come in to decide this weekend. He's um, gone through a month worth of playing in the VFL, and he was brought in, as Scott said, as a bigger body. So we may actually see a Tippett Brothers matchup on Friday, which will be pretty interesting. SM, what are your thoughts on the North Melbourne side at the moment? Um, look, I mean, they're an interesting one. As, as Punce has already touched on, they're a very volatile side. We saw them struggle to get over Essendon. I think they only really woke up in the third quarter against Essendon the other week. And they had patches where they really let Geelong back into the game, though 
to be fair, a large part of that was a brilliant individual effort by Tom Hawkins. Um, so they are a hard side to judge, but um, looking at their side on paper, I mean, they're a great side, but that you have to say they're probably the tier below us in terms of um, the more potential sides of making the grand final. I mean, I'd say, for instance, give Port Adelaide a bigger chance against Hawthorne than I'd give North Melbourne against us. I, I think they're, they're trucking along nicely and they're going to get a decent amount of finals experience this year, uh, which will bode them well next year and into the future. But um, I, I just, I mean, call it arrogance if you want, but I can't see them posing us too many problems Friday night. I think, as Punt says, they might scare us in patches, but with a spot in the grand final on the line, I don't think the boys will drop their heads too much and, and, and let North get over us again, especially after they got over us earlier on in the year. The main concerning part for me with North Melbourne's side at the moment, I'm not worried about their forward line, and whilst they do have key defensive options, I'd back out forward line against any defence in the competition. Their inside midfield, especially their contested ball winners, is really come up out of nowhere this year and has improved pretty dramatically over the second half of the season. I mean, yeah. they've got a bunch of players that can rest up for it as well. Zebel has really taken his game to another level. You've got Cunnington, who we could have taken ahead of Gary Rowan and a lot of people. I don't. Um, they were tossing up, and if they had taken Gary Rowan, we would have taken Cunnington. So he was a player that nearly fell to us, and he's a contested ball-winning machine. They've got... A really nice midfield at the moment with a lot of players that are very versatile and can rotate through a fair few positions. When you add in, I think there's one player touched on in the coverage, uh, Levi Greenwood, who, who really encapsulates the difference between this North Melbourne side and last year's. Where it's those bit part players, as you're saying, who just sort of taken their game to another level and found a level of consistency that's really helped raise North Melbourne's game, I suppose. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because their midfield's really balanced and I would rate it up there with the best midfields in the competition. I'd be, I feel confident about holding their forward line even if we do become under siege, but they've got inside on ball winners as I touched on before and then their outside players of Del Santo, Harvey and Wells, that's pretty scary on paper if anything and we really need to find a good matchup for Del Santo on the weekend. He gave us a bit of a touch-up earlier in the year. So it really wouldn't surprise me if we saw even someone possibly like Cunnington going to him. Or Cunningham, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, Sam, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just going to touch on, I mean, you mentioned Harvey there, and I think that's one of the big talking points out of the game is whether or not he'll actually play against us because he really is the barometer for North Melbourne at times when he's when he's up and going. North Melbourne side really seems to lift. And he's, I mean, at his age, to have the pace in his legs that he does is pretty incredible. But um, I think he'll be in for a nervous couple of days uh, over that bump on Joel Selwood, I think it was, in the first half. Personally, I can't see him getting suspended for it. Look, um, it was head contact, not shoulder contact, and whilst he did leave the ground, Selwood still managed to stay upright. That's the main difference, I think, between most of the bumps that have um, received suspensions this year is when the other player has actually been floored. So I have a feeling they're going to say it was high contact with the head contact, but it wasn't enough force to be a reportable offence. Punts, what are your thoughts? I'm I'm happy with him playing, but... And you never really know how they go with the head eye suspensions these days. Punts, what are your thoughts on the possible Harvey suspension? Um, it's interesting because if I was a Freo supporter, and it's not because we're playing North this week, but if I was a Freo supporter and Nat Fife walks away with well, what should be a Brownlow medal, which I think he will win, um, I'd be a little bit disappointed if Harvey didn't get suspended, but there was nothing in it. Um, 
to be honest here. But the only thing Harvey doesn't have going against him, his back was um, his back was to the ball. He was five metres away. It was clearly over five metres away from the ball. And he's a short fella, but he left the ground. He drew blood and Selwood had to go off and get attention. And actually, Selwood, for some reason, which is a little bit unlike Selwood, just being regarded as um, the toughest competitor in the competition last week, uh, he actually went to one of the official um, uh, umpires uh, on the bench and had a word to him about it. So that was interesting. So he obviously uh, wasn't very happy with it. So whether they take that into account or not, but it was pretty soft. As you said, he didn't go to ground. Um you know, if I was Bimah Harvey, I'd be a little, I'd be a little bit worried because I reckon it could go either way. He did draw blood. He did leave the ground. The ball wasn't in the area. Um, you know what I mean? So, but to go for that, uh, it would be pretty, would be pretty, would be pretty soft. I think, yeah. SM, do you personally believe he'll get suspended, or do you reckon he'll get off? Look, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty similar to Punts. I think the fact that he left the ground and the fact that Selwood had to go off the ground with, um, with a cut to his to his forehead, it doesn't play into Harvey's favour. And, and as I was saying, I mean, head-high contact is so inconsistent. It's so hard to know how the um, <clears throat> how the panel's going to read it. I mean, it's a final series. We've seen what happens in the past as a Swan supporter with final series suspensions with regards to Barry Hall and others where they do perhaps sometimes be a bit more lenient. So um, you never really know how it's going to go. I, I'd be happy for him to play because, I mean, I'd rather play North Melbourne at at full strength so that the North supporters can't have a whinge afterwards if they lose that, that, you know, they weren't playing at full strength for whatever reason. So, I mean, I bring, bring it on, let him play. Yeah. Personally, I hope he plays. I, the whole hysterica that the AFL and everybody's been having about head high bumps is not really worth it. In my opinion, I don't think players like Fife should have been suspended for those bumps earlier in the year. And I don't think Harvey deserves to go now, but Hopefully the Rules Commission actually changes that at the end of the year. Definitely. Um, also, earlier in the year, I think we had 66 inside 50s to 48. Um, we're obviously 18 more inside 50s. Obviously, it was earlier in the year, so we're really on top in that area. But um, for them going forward, uh, to beat us by 43 points with 18 less inside 50s was a little bit of a worry. We obviously had a really off game from memory. And they also had... Um, a big part of their game plan is they uh, rebound very good from the 50. That's where they, they, they normally set up from. And they had 59 rebounds to 35 um, in round four earlier in the year. I don't know if that's, you know, they'll probably take it into account. It was a long time ago, but um, you guys worried about that at all. And also Cunnington, Lee Adams and Nick Dalsano roughly had about 30 each and Wales kicked three. Now, in regards to what you're saying with um, the inside 50 differential, I think it should be a little bit different this year when with the amount of forwards we'll be playing this week. Um, Tippett, Goods, Reed, and of course Lance Buddy Franklin. I, I can't see them being afforded the luxury of having a spare man getting in front of us the entire time. Not to mention the fact that this game should hopefully, um, touch on wood, be played in dry weather, which will make a massive difference to us. Um, early in the year, it was pouring down with rain. It was a shocker. So I think that should help our disposal inside 50 a fair bit. In regards to some of their um, rebound out of defence, it really wouldn't surprise me if we set up a defensive forward or two. Maybe depends on really who we're going to run Cunningham with. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. What are your thoughts, yep. SM? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a hard one. I think, obviously, since earlier in the year, we've really hit our stride and Franklin settled into the side, so I don't think we can read too much into how we played against them uh, in what was it, round four, I think it was, at the start of the year. Um, I think both sides are pretty different now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Franklin and, and Tippett have really struck up a good partnership. So um, even if it's wet, I mean, on the weekend against Spring Metal last week, it wasn't the driest of games and we still managed to get the ball in there a fair bit and clunked some marks, um, even though a few, a few of them were from outside 50. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it'll be an interesting game to see how, how we line up against them. The main thing I'm actually worried about this weekend, who do you believe Longmire will actually send a defensive tag to? Because you can't tag everybody in North Melbourne's midfield, obviously. But you've got Wells, Harvey, and Del Santo. I don't think we can afford to have three tags going on on the weekend. I think Del Santo's the main one that you have to look at. And Harvey more as a half-forward tag because he's most dangerous when he's going inside 50. Um, so, I mean... The thing, obviously, you can perhaps put you know your Nick Smith onto Lindsay Thomas in the forward fifty, but um, maybe maybe a Cunningham on a Harvey. I'm not sure. I, I can't actually remember who lined up on on who in the round four games. Maybe Punce has a better idea. Yeah, round four, uh, Benny McGlynn started on Harvey, and then they swapped it over at half time. Benny McGlynn went into the midfield a little bit more and um, played a bit more attacking. And they sent uh, Harry Cunningham to him, which he done a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, they might go for that way, but they're a bit of, as you said, they're a bit of a different side now. Um, I think, you know, even though Gibson is racking up, um, you know, racked up 35 in the weekend, as you said, he's more of an inside ball winner. So I think they might go head to head with him, with Zebel, you know, Swallow head to head with, um, Kennedy, you know, maybe, um, Gibson with, with Parker, sort of, I reckon that whole, um, inside midfield will go just head to head. I think the two that you probably, that hurts you more on the outside, which Longmire normally goes for taggers on the outside, like your heels and and um, you know your Stantons and that sort of stuff. Where, which uh, Harry Cunningham on the roll, so I think Del Sano's probably got to be um, accounted for, and I'd say Wells, which both of them, you know, they can really hurt you on the outside and their ball use. They sort of, you know, set set everything up from you know Del Sano is a lot like Sam Mitchell off halfback. He just sets everything up. Um, so I'd be maybe running um, Del Sano. Uh, uh, Harry Cunningham is a defensive half forward if Dalsano starts on half back, and I'd be uh, probably sending McGlynn to um, to Wells, where really Wells won't beat him in the air. Um, so I think that'd be a pretty good matchup. He's only got you know he's got a few centimeters on him, but I don't think he can really drag him forward and outmark him. So that might be a good matchup for them. So I'd probably just I'd probably just go with them too. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's probably the only two I'd really um I'd really really have to worry about. It'd be interesting to see what Tudor does. Um, obviously going there this year to see if um because Brad Scott normally likes a lot like his brother. He sort of they play that free flowing game. They go head to head, and you know I mean doesn't really you never. I don't think North Melbourne have a tagger, do they? Um, uh, Turner has been doing some defensive roles recently. You know what I mean? So it'd be interesting to see if Tudor says oi. Um, let's lock down on Malcheski off half back. You know, I mean, he gets them going. Let's lock down on a, you know, Dan Hanabry sort of thing. But I don't know. I've, uh, they don't really have a run with player, so he likes to back him in and just go head to head, much uh, like his twin brother. So yeah. In recent times, um, North Melbourne have actually been using Kane Turner as a bit of a run with player. I think they'll probably send him to Hanabry on the weekend. 
Yeah. He does have a bit of endurance about him, Turner, so he might actually almost be able to keep up with Hannabry in the that's running the, That's the young fella? Yeah. And your old? Yeah, Hannabry running off his legs. Fingers crossed, at least. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, I think Hannabry's the main one that you could really see them targeting because I think, as you said, Pants, I think we'll see the inside mids kind of go head-to-head. So even though your Parkers and your Kennedys might rack the ball up, I think North will be pretty happy to go head-to-head and, and try and back their players to to get them over the line rather than negate Parker or Kennedy or, or that sort of player. Yeah. Well, Longmire was actually at the ground I seen on TV on uh, Friday night. So um, yeah. it's probably the best possible game Dalsano could have played in front of you know his next opponent. So I guess he would have taken a lot of attention uh, or you know what I mean? He, he's gonna he's gonna pay a lot of attention to Dalsano after what he did on Friday, on Friday night. So it's probably a good thing that Dalsano had a good game on Friday night, so we can uh, just uh, make sure he gets he gets nullified this week. Yeah, exactly. How do you guys see us matching up with their defense on the weekend? I mean, you've got Ben Brown, who's been playing there in recent weeks. Didn't do a lot on the weekend, but has did a fair bit against Essendon and late in the season. You've got Aaron Black, who's a Consistent. He isn't a player that's going to absolutely tear you apart, but he'll usually chip in between one and three goals every game. And Drew Petrie, who, well, Ted Richards actually has a pretty good record on. But if they start resting Ruckman up forward in that as well, our defence is going to be a little bit stretched. How do you guys see our defensive matchups? SM? I think, I mean, Petri, you mentioned Petri, and he's got a great set of hands in him, but he hasn't, I mean, the few games that I've seen him play lately, he hasn't seen that right in front of goal in terms of his set shots. So he's a bit of an interesting one. I mean, um, Ben Brown to me, Brown, isn't it? Um, is it Brown? Yeah, Ben, ben Brown. The one I'm thinking? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, he's, he's looked pretty handy for me. He's kind of popped up out of nowhere. And uh, he's looking pretty lively in, you know, in the rock end up forward for them. So, that, yeah, as you say, they do have a couple of tall options which could really stretch us. But um, uh, I don't know. I mean, their most threatening forwards to me seem to be, you know, your Lindsay Thomas's sort of thing, the small forwards, and, and Wells when he's up forward, and Harvey when he's up forward. They seem to be getting amongst the goals. And I know I know, Petri got a couple early against Geelong, I think. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick. I think he's probably the most dangerous dangerous of the tall forwards if he gets loose because he's got such a great set of hands. But, um, yeah, I think the small forwards are more, more our worry. What about you, um, Pants? Yeah, I'm going to say, obviously, Nick Smith will take ball. Earlier in the year, yes, 20 weeks ago, I think Naha's actually chipped in and got a few goals. They pulled out a Ruckman before the game because it was pissing down in Curry and bringing Naha's. And I think Naha's got a couple over the back. Um, I don't know. who. I know Shaw was out of form then, terribly out of form then. So, obviously, Naha's got the better of him that day. But um, I'm pretty sure Nick Smith did a pretty good, he's had a pretty good record against uh, Lindsay Thomas. I don't think he'll let, Thomas get goal side of him like Callie did on the weekend and let him just run around by himself. Um, so I can see, obviously, Nick Smith going to Thomas. Um, they don't really have another small forward. So if Harvey starts off the half forward, which he has been, a little bit running in the midfield, I reckon Reece Shaw will probably take Harvey on the half forward. Um, so that's pretty much their two smaller smaller blokes. And obviously, Rampy will probably take Black, which I back Rampy in most times. Um Touch wood because he's been probably one of the probably the best, almost the best defender at times this year. I think Brundy will take um, Brand. I think Richards will take um, Petrie. And I know Petrie's had a bit of an ordinary year, and people were calling for his head a few weeks back. But uh, I know he didn't do anything about it against Essendon, but um, against Harry Taylor on the weekend, and I really rate Harry Taylor. And 
Harry Taylor just had a shock on the weekend. He was fumbling, all sorts of things. And I think Petrie kicked up 4-2. So he kicked four goals, the, four. Yeah, or four. Yeah, well, there you go. And uh, to have eight scoring shots on Harry Taylor that I rate, or, you know, he's all Australian centre back last year. So um, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty good effort. So he's starting to clunk him a little bit. And Teddy Richards, to me, hasn't been in the greatest form. Have got the hold of him last. Uh, Two weeks ago now, and I think uh, you know Rewalt got got a hold of him in round in the last round. They had to swap swap that over with Rampy. So I'm hoping Teddy Richards is um you know enjoyed the week off and he's uh, up for Petrie, even though Petrie hasn't been in the greatest form uh, you know, over the course of the year. But he's actually gotten a bit of form in the last couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that uh, Teddy Richards uh, has a good game because I think um yeah that might be a little bit dangerous Petrie. They've got a few really tall forwards. I mean, Petrie's Ruckman size, obviously, and Ben Brown is 200 centimetres tall. He was a mature age recruit from um, the Werribee last year, but yeah. he's been doing really well. And while Seals held goals on the weekend, he kicked a fair few goals in a few weeks before that. So he's another player we'll have to really look out for. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't we're going to um, really need the loose, whoever it is, Malcheski or... If plays and or Gary Rowan normally has been the loose at times to really come across and uh, and um, probably Gary Rowan, you know, his he speed and leap to get to the contest quick enough and drop in front of um, Brown and uh, you know get over to help Teddy Richards on Petrie because um, you know Gary's got the leg speed to get to the contest and he's got the leap to uh, probably jump both of them. So he they, he, they might play Gary Rowan as the um, as a loose on the weekend just to get across and uh, help out. They obviously don't play another Ruckman. They play Goldstein as the number one Ruck, so uh, there won't be a resting Ruckman down there, so we've pretty much just got to handle them three. And uh, another big one for me is probably Pike. Pike really has to – Goldstein was – almost won the game for him on the weekend, um, Goldstein with his tap-outs and that sort of stuff. So Pike, um, we need Pike to have another big game, and I'm going to back Pike in. I think he's gotten better the last uh, over the last month. The Pike Golds, like, I know the North Melbourne match um, earlier in the year was pretty shocking, but Pike actually wasn't really slaughtered by Goldstein on that day. I know he had Derricks in the side as well, so we're playing two Rockmen, but Goldstein didn't really get a hold of us. Nah. So hopefully um, Pike can break even with him. He isn't the type of Rockman that um, Goldstein that Pike usually struggles with, so hopefully he matches up okay there. Yeah, yeah. And Goods is three fiftieth too, so hopefully he has a good one. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was the other thing to mention. Is there? And do we think Malczewski's going to get up? I think they uh, will. It sounds like he should be okay. I can't. I, I think they're going to have to risk him. It's a prelim final. You risk him. Yep. Like I, I'm pretty confident you're going to see Hawthorne risk Rioli this weekend. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm pretty sure Longmore said last week that Malczewski was due to run. And train a little bit on Monday, so it'll be interesting to see in what Longmire's tomorrow? conference tomorrow afternoon if um, you presume Longmire will probably give us, or well, hopefully they don't really give us much, but hopefully he says if he's playing, yes or no. Now, what are you guys actually? Um, okay, well, we'll start off with USM, your worst nightmare, your prediction, and your sure thing. Oh, worst nightmare is obviously that we lose. I mean, especially something like after the siren, I suppose. You know, any sort of loss they didn't in the game before the grand final is a pretty bad nightmare. Um, sure thing is probably we'll see the tapes of the 13 get rolled out 
yet again in the lead up to the game, uh, you know, buddy on on Scott Thompson. So that that'll of course be pretty inevitable, I reckon. Um, and what was the other one? Your final prediction for the weekend. Final prediction. Oh, give um, a prediction for this game and uh, Port Adelaide Hawthorne game. Look, I reckon I reckon we'll get over them by about twenty to thirty points. Um, I think it could be pretty tight early and pretty nervy for us early because I reckon they'll come out full of fire. But I reckon once we settle and we, we kind of get our heads in gear, I can't see us getting taken out. So I can I could see a twenty to thirty point win. Um, and I reckon I actually reckon it'll be a really interesting game between Port and Hawthorne. But I think it'll be just one game too many for Port, Port Adelaide, and I think Hawks will probably win that by about fifteen to twenty points as well. Okay, punts. Um, worst nightmare is obviously losing. Doesn't matter if it's after the sign or ten points before the sign, whatever. It's um, it's losing because that's the end of the year, done and dusted. And to be honest with you, I think the uh, club and and the players would absolutely be uh, devastated. Um, you know, having the list we've got, you know, fully fit, the week off at home, um, it'd be a bit of a kick in the guts to lose. You know, not taking nothing away from North Melbourne to lose where they finish in sixth spot. I know finals, it doesn't matter where you finish, you play out in the day sort of thing. But I think uh, finishing on top, having the week off and uh, playing uh, at home, it'd be pretty devastating for everyone. So, um, yeah, to lose would be my worst nightmare. Um, oh, listen, a, sh- a, sh- a sure thing would be um, oh, I'm going to have to go with um, I'm gonna have to go with Franklin. I reckon he's probably going to put... <laughs> Pull out a couple of um, arsy goals on the weekend. Um, if he gets it over the back of uh, Scotty Thompson, so let's say um, sure thing will be um, yeah for Buddy to kick uh, two or three goals out of his backside. And um, for the other game, I'd say um, oh, I'm going to say Port will be will be in it to uh, Maybe halfway through the third quarter, and I reckon Hawthorne will get on top of them, and I reckon Hawthorne will run away to our five or six goal winners. And I think we, I think we'll win by about 13, 14 points. Okay. Well, my worst nightmare, going to have to echo your thoughts here. A loss. I don't think I'd be able. Well, actually, my worst nightmare will be a Hawthorne North Melbourne grand final. I don't know who I'm going to go for. Might go golfing on the day instead. <laughs> my, um, Sure thing for the weekend will be not Buddy, but Tippett to be the leading goal scorer on the ground. I think they're going to put a lot of emphasis into stopping Franklin and Tippett will allow himself to drag a few goals and get into a bit of form. And my tip for the weekend, the Swans will win by 34 points and Port Adelaide to shock the football world and beat Fremantle by 14. Jeez. Bet horse one, you mean. Yeah, I reckon um, Port Adelaide will win on the weekend. I really rate them. Uh, that'd be interesting. It might be my heart more than my head making that prediction there, though. Just a little bit. Wouldn't mind that as a grand final? Yeah, I wouldn't mind a Port Adelaide Sydney grand final. I, I could wouldn't want to lose a grand final, but if I had to lose to anyone this year, it would be Port. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you for listening to this week's edition of this one's Big Footy Podcast. Um... I'm Sam. This week I've been joined by SM, who's finally decided to come back and join the team. I've been too busy doing my own, my own podcast, but yeah, you know, made the time, came on, offered my thoughts. And of course, punts. Cheers, thanks guys. Have a great weekend, go to Swans.